I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer, the number one gun rights podcast in the world, as rated by Feedspot, who rates such things, particularly under their rating of the top 20 gun rights podcasts. Hey, you know, there's been uh, a lot of interesting things in the news. I'm sure you've been following what's going on in the Middle East. But of course, what goes on in the Middle East isn't really just contained to the Middle East. And so what I want to uh, talk about today is specifically about the guns you need for when the terrorists attack America. And uh, it seems like it's just a matter of time before they uh, expand their operations. And if you think that that's something that can't happen, well, think of it, think of this. In Israel, the terrorists had to actually bust through walls and high security and had to come in by air and gliders and by sea and by motorcycle and by tunnels and all that, right? You don't need to worry about that in America, man. Borders about as open as it gets and millions have already come in, and no one had to blow any holes in walls or fly in in paragliders or come in in scuba gear or anything like that. Just come on in. And I'm sure they did, considering how many millions have come into the country and how the government really doesn't have any idea and how it's uh, essentially an open border policy. So look, to think that such folks are not here and are not planning to do something would seem pretty naive to me. You would say, well, how could you, you know, think that such thing could even get planned in America? How could it even take place in America? Well, look, you know, did you watch the, uh, the, the BLM riots? How amazingly uh, they went off, burning cities, destroying public buildings, you know? Killing, robbing, maiming, looting, all that. It's just And then, you know, how, how pallets of bricks would magically appear at the places where these riots would be and all that. I mean, how was that coordinated? That was just um, <clears throat> riotous protesters telling me you can't coordinate attacks in America. Of course you can. And just think about it. We have so many soft targets in America. So many soft targets. It's not even uh, it's not even a challenge. And you know, the anti-gunners make even more soft targets available. I mean, just take Murphy's 25 sensitive places. There's perfect targets for every terrorist. Or how about just schools? Gun-free school zones. I mean, that's a federal law, no less state laws. No guns in school. They don't even want to have armed individuals protecting schools. Talk about soft targets. Can you imagine a mass attack by terrorists on schools and just slaughtering and killing? Look, they're beheading babies in the Middle East. I mean, you know, shooting up schools and killing kids. That's no problem. You say, oh, no, it's still not going to happen. You don't think so? Well, look, if you don't think it's going to happen, don't worry about it, man. Why be prepared at all? You know, not a, Not a question. But if you think that, hey, we might be vulnerable, that you personally maybe should be concerned about your security, that you've been watching this and saying, man, what would you have done 
if you were there. Because there could be here. You think we don't have enough radical whack nuts in America that want us dead? So let's just say you want to be safe rather than sorry. And in fact, you want to be prepared. And worst case, so what? You're ready and you never had to use it. And guess what? That's lucky. That's great. Then we are sure fortunate that all you had to do was be ready, but you never needed it. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? I'd love that. That's what I'd rather see personally. But I'll tell you what I don't want to see is needing it and not being ready. That's about the worst thing possible. What's worse than having a gun and not needing it? Well, the only thing worse than that is needing a gun and not having it. So what does it take to have guns? What should you have if you're going to have guns? What What is a decent, basic defense uh, reserve of firearms that an individual should have. So let's talk about that. Because let me tell you a little bit about myself, even though I'm a, I'm a gun attorney, I'm a lawyer, sure, I've studied and dedicated my whole life to Second Amendment and to my calling of defending law-abiding gun owners and defense of our Constitution and our constitutional rights. And even though I'm all about that, I'm also a certified NRA instructor. I'm a certified instructor in in uh, personal defense, home defense, both inside and outside the home. So I have a little bit of knowledge about that. Look, I don't claim to be the top expert, that's for sure. But I know enough to share with you basics that you should consider and things you should think about. So what guns should you have? What guns should you have so that you can be ready? And basically, there are three types of guns that every person should have, and they should be proficient in how to use them. And the three guns are a rifle, a shotgun, and a handgun. Those are the three types of guns, very simple. If you at least have those three types of guns, then you are equipped to handle whatever scenario you might need to address. Let's start with a rifle. So, a rifle is, of course, known as a long arm. Legal definition of a rifle essentially means the firearm has a rifled barrel, right? And it has a barrel over 16 inches, overall length over 26 inches. And with such a firearm, you're able to reach out to greater distances with the projectile. Right? So the rifle gives you the advantage of shooting further with accuracy. And there are many, many rifles out there. Now there are rifles that are rimfire, right? Like 22 is the most common of all rimfires. And then there are centerfire rifles, right? And the centerfire rifle is a more powerful round. And centerfire rounds are often used for hunting bigger game such as deer or bears or moose. And then there are the military calibers that are center fire that are very popular, such as 5.56 and 7.62 by 39. Those are center fire rifle car, uh, calibers and cartridges. 
So what you should do is find a rifle that you shoot well, most likely a center fire rifle that's going to give you more power, more reach, more stopping power, right? Ability to shoot further, which is the purpose of the rifle. And then you look at rifles that you like. You could have different types of actions on rifles. You have a bolt action, you have a pump action even, you have a lever action. But of course, the most popular is a semi-automatic. And there are semi-automatic rifles that use centerfire cartridges. Specifically, and most popular would be the AR-15 platform. The most popular rifle in America is the AR-15 type. Now, the AR-15 type has just uncountable variations. There's just so many makers, so many modifications, so many things that you can have on an AR. But when you're in uh, New Jersey, which has restricted our rights, and even though we're challenging the so-called assault firearm ban, really, you know, assault firearm is just a pejorative word that the anti-gunners have made up to scare those folks, you know, it's an assault firearm. No, it's a modern sporting rifle is what it is. They don't go fully automatic, they fire semi-automatic, a mechanism that's been around for well over 100 years. And semi-automatic does let you put repeated rounds out there in a semi-automatic fashion. And the AR-15 platform does so efficiently and they've got it perfected after all these years. So an AR-15 is a great choice for a gun to have as a rifle. Not the only choice, and then you may have other preferences, and this is not by any means to say that any other rifle is better or worse. But at least if you have a Jersey-compliant AR, then you have a semi-automatic rifle, the most popular rifle in America. And you can have it where it does take a detachable magazine. Now in New Jersey, you're restricted to a magazine capacity of 10 rounds. So you cannot have magazines over 10 rounds. However, you can have as many 10-round magazines as you want. So if you want to have 100 10-round mags loaded with 10 rounds, no problem. And it's pretty easy to switch mags on an AR. And, you know, you want to be legal. You want to stay legal. You don't want to put yourself in jeopardy of being prosecuted in New Jersey by the anti-gun regime and politics and bias. So play by the rules, but play smart. So you have as many 10-round mags as you want. You have a Jersey-compliant AR. You have now an accurate, reliable, semi-automatic rifle. And it will serve you well, should you need it. The next long arm to consider is a shotgun. Now, you see, a shotgun has a smooth barrel. A shotgun does not have the same capability ballistically for distance. The rounds that come out of a shotgun do not travel anywhere near as far as what is fired out of a rifle. But when it comes to a shotgun, you're not looking to do that. Now it's true you can shoot a single projectile out of a shotgun and that's called a slug. And slugs are pretty powerful. They're heavy pieces of lead and their, you know, their effective range is, though, limited. And just roughly speaking, you're not going to ever shoot a slug really over 
50 yards for accuracy. Although you can shoot at 100. I get it. I know you guys do. But, you know, we're just talking general idea. So slugs are what we're talking about when it comes to a shotgun. Since we're not talking about it being legal or not for hunting, we're talking about self-defense. Let's instead look at the shotgun's more classic role. And that is firing multiple projectiles at close range with each pull of the trigger. So, with a shotgun, if you have buckshot, not birdshot, birdshot is too fine. Birdshot is very fine pellets that are used to shoot, well, birds. We're not talking about shooting birds here. We're talking about shooting mammals or people. And in that regard, you want to stick with buckshot, which are larger balls of lead. And depending on what size buckshot you, you get. They're roughly in the 30 caliber to 33 caliber, etc. And that's the size of the ball. And depending on the load that's in your shotgun, probably most preferably just a 12-gauge shotgun, whether it's a 2 and 3 quarter inch shell or a 3-inch magnum shell, and it's going to hold a number of buckshot. Could hold anywhere from, say, 9 balls of buckshot to maybe even 10 or 12. It depends on the load. It depends on the shell. It depends on the size. But basically, you're putting out a load of ball, lead balls, in one shot that has a distance that you not want to really want to go over maximum of Fifty yards, even that's pushing it. You know, probably more around thirty or twenty or even closer. But up close, that load of multiple balls is devastating. It basically is like your personal handheld claymore mine when you look at it in that manner. So your shotgun loaded with buckshot is very effective in close range for some of the strongest stopping power that you might need in that situation. So the buckshot, particularly loaded shotgun, is excellent in CQB, close quarter combat situation, and it has tremendous stopping power, and it is extremely effective. So, you know, they say even in the Old West, you know, we think of, you know, the six-gun of the West, but more guys were put in the ground with shotguns than any other weapon in the West because they're, they're devastatingly effective. So you want to have a shotgun in your personal armament. Now you're covered with a long arm of a rifle, a long arm of a shotgun. And there are many excellent shotguns out there. You want to stick with even a basic, a pump action. Under the law in Jersey, the only assault Firearm shotguns are semi-automatic or those with a revolving drum, such as a street sweeper or a striker 12, stay away from those. But if you have a pump-action shotgun, you can have anything you want on your pump-action shotgun. It's not, there's no feature law that goes at a pump shotgun where there is for a semi-automatic shotgun. If you want a semi-automatic shotgun, well, then it can't have a mag over six rounds. It can't have a folding stock. It can't have a pistol grip. It has any one of those features, it's banned as a sulfur on a semi-auto shotgun. However, if you have a pump shotgun, 
you can have anything you want. You can have a 10 round or nine round tube or more on that shotgun. You can have a heat shield. You can have a bayonet lug like the Mossberg 590, great shotgun, bayonet lug, nine shot, super tough. Military uses it, 590 A1s, right? They're out there. They are super reliable. You can have a folding stock, you can have a pistol grip. You can have any whistle or bell you want on a pump shotgun, and it's not an assault fireman, it's very effective. And just hearing that ratchet sound of the pump going off, usually sends the right message to anybody thinking about harming you. But if it's going to come down to popping terrorists, well, you're going to need that shotgun, and they're not going to be running away from the sound. They're just going to be hearing the other sound that it makes when you pull the trigger, and that's what it's going to take. So your shotgun is very important. Many models, Remington 870s, there's plenty of great shotguns, reasonable to price, Check out what works best for you. Put that in your armament. And then you come down to your handgun. Now your handgun, there's many, many handguns, of course, revolvers, semi-autos. We could talk all day about handguns. But you better have at least one decent semi-automatic handgun. If you're a fan of 1911s, if you're a fan of Glocks, if you're a fan of SIGs, if you're a fan of Smith, whatever, have that semi-automatic handgun. Make sure you have 10-round magazines and doesn't hold more than 10 rounds. Have as many 10-round mags as you can. The handgun is what you keep on your person, handy. Think of it as your first aid kit, your immediate go-to that you can use to help you fight to get to your shotgun or your rifle. And that handgun is there with you at all times to defend yourself. And that's where you get your carry license in New Jersey. Now you can get that carry permit and you can have that handgun with you. And you can have your long arms ready to go in your home. And you can have your handgun with you outside your home and inside your home. You want to practice. You want to be ready. But you need to have that handgun. You need to be proficient. You need the handgun that works for you. So, folks, think about being prepared. I want all my listeners prepared. I hope this never happens. But I think we'd be foolish to think that it won't. So at least make sure you have the basics. Make sure you stay Jersey legal. We're finally at a point in New Jersey where every law-abiding citizen can actually have a firearm license, a firearm purchaser ID card, get your pistol purchase permit, and actually get a carry permit. You can get a carry permit. Justifiable need has been eliminated. The training requirement is now completely able to be done by any reasonably competent person. You can simply apply online and the process has been streamlined to the point where judges are no longer involved, thank God, and it's issued by the same authority that's issued your firearms ID card and issued your pistol purchase permit. As a matter of fact, the same qualifications under the disqualifiers, 2C58-3, are the same criteria for all three licenses. Firearm ID card, pistol purchase permit, and carry permit, all are regulated by the same disqualifiers, such as you can't be a convicted felon, you can't have a domestic violence restraining order, 
You can't have had a mental health commitment, etc. But as long as you've qualified for a firearms ID card or qualified for a pistol purchase permit, you qualify for your carry permit now and you can get it. So don't delay. Don't delay. There is a certain winds of war, shall we say. There's a feeling that's out there that a lot of people know. Something's not right. And we've made ourselves extremely vulnerable. And ultimately, it's not going to be up to the police or the military to protect you. It's going to be up to yourself. Look at what happened even in a place that's as security conscious as Israel. Take care and make sure that your personal armaments have the basics, that you're ready, and that you have enough ammunition as well. Look, uh, Lake City, there it is. Stop commercial sale of 5.56 ammo because it's all going to the war. Two and a half inch 410 shot shells. You can't buy them right now, even. There's a shortage, again, happening now on ammunition. If you don't have enough ammunition, you better get ammunition before it's too late. It's drying up. People are thinking what I'm saying. Folks are taking steps. Make sure you do too. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're prepared. And in our struggle here to keep our rights so that we can be prepared, so that we can protect ourselves, so that we can at least have this ability, is, of course, the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. They are the preeminent gun rights defenders for the state of New Jersey. And New Jersey's, you know, the, the front lines of the battle for our gun rights. So make sure you join the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. You can find them at anjrpc.org. They're full-time paid lobbyists. They're the folks that are there in Trenton. They're the folks there litigating as we speak in federal court, challenging these anti-gun laws. They're the folks that help get the no serial number gun ban resolved so that millions of guns were saved. They're the folks that got the training requirements reduced from the insanity of us having to be veteran SWAT police officers in order to carry to competent firearm owners that can demonstrate core competency. These are the tremendous steps in this incredibly hostile environment that association has been successful. They're only successful at your help. So make sure you're a member of ANJRPC. Go right to their website at ANJRPC.org. And let me also just remind you that my book is indispensable. My book is over 500 pages. It's called New Jersey Gun Law. It explains all the laws. It explains 120 topics in question and answer format. And at 500 plus pages, the book is a weapon itself. So just kidding about that, but it's pretty big. And uh, it is the Bible of Jersey gun law. Ask anyone that has it and you can write on the cover, subscribe for the free updates. We're keeping you on top of all the changes so that it stays accurate and current. Just go to evannappin.com. Make sure you get a copy. Ask anyone who has a copy how much they use it all the time. There's nothing else out there that explains it. It's a 
a labor of love and my passion to keep that book as up-to-date and current as possible. So, when we come back, I have some really interesting letters from great fans. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let me tell you about an experience I just had. I was able to get my qualification and certification done at We Shoot. That's right. That's where I qualified. And you can qualify there too. They're great. The instructors there are awesome. I had the special privilege of being instructed by Heidi. And Heidi is just fantastic. You'll, you'll love Heidi. She was a great instructor. Went there, did the uh, new training qualifications. It was a breeze, and uh, I can highly recommend that you go there and do the same. We Shoot is a range located in Lakewood. It was so easy to get to right off the parkway. No big deal. And um, wonderful facility. They treat everyone like family. Let me tell you, it was, uh, it was pretty busy when I went there, but they were able to handle everybody very efficiently. It's a popular place and for a reason, a very good reason, because they really take care of their customers. I'm not just saying that, they really do. That place is loved and you can see why. Go there and get the We Shoot experience. You'll be glad you did. It's a it's a great indoor range. They have super selection of guns. They will explain, take the time, whether you know nothing about guns or whether you are a seasoned gun owner or just an old gun nut like me, it's a great place, for real. Check out WeShootUSA.com. That's their website. Oh, and by the way, I shot a ballistic gummy bear. That was a blast. Shooting that ballistic gummy bear, that was so much fun. But you should see that bear after you shoot it up. It's pretty cool. And you get to keep it, too. So they have some real special fun things planned. They're going to do a special thing for Thanksgiving, too. Go check out what they're doing on the website. If you've never shot a ballistic gelatin teddy bear, well, you better put that in your bucket list, and you can do it at We Shoot. So that was a blast. 
get over there. You'll see what I'm talking about. Man, you, I wouldn't steer you wrong. Uh, that place is just great. And the people there, Mark and Eli, and just, man, what a great group. Head over to We Shoot. Now, let's take a look here at some letters. Some letters that have come in to Ask Evan. And I always love hearing from listeners. This is from George. And George asks, regarding modifying a firearm trigger from, from stock, to your knowledge, has anyone been charged with or modified a firearm trigger from a trigger stock that was used against them in court? I know there was a case of use of aftermarket parts with the Punisher logo and other sayings on them that were used to paint a New Jersey police officer in a negative light, but I can't find any case where trigger modification was used negatively against a firearm owner. Well, let me just tell you that in New Jersey, you know, modified trigger is not criminal per se. However, if the trigger modification can make it operate fully automatic, or if it's a trigger crank, or if it's something like that where you're creating a simulation of machine gun fire with the modification to the trigger, then you could have trouble. But if you're just talking about a modified trigger where uh, it's been lightened to some degree or made heavier to some degree or, or something along those terms, that's not an issue that is criminally uh, covered. Trigger, uh, trigger weight, trigger pull, you know, that type of thing, that's, that's not in criminal statutes. Now, civilly, maybe, rarely, but maybe, because if the trigger has been modified in such a way that it made it dangerous or arguably dangerous, or that someone was injured because the trigger had been modified in such a way that made it more vulnerable for firing, it's why Many police departments, you know, with Glocks and other guns, would get the trigger that had the heavier weight to it. So it was less likely for an accidental discharge to occur. So in those regards, there may be some civil maybe regarding that. But if you're just doing a normal trigger modification where you're tuning the trigger and making it maybe somewhat lighter, but you're really just making it so you have a more accurate trigger pull, doing standard gunsmithing to just give you what we would all call a nice trigger. You know, one with a clean break, right? That glass rod feel, right? That's fine. But uh, if it starts getting into the crazy world with modifications that make the gun potentially dangerous or turn it into something that becomes in a banned provision of full auto, and of course, if you have certain other drop-in triggers and other things like that, that ATF themselves right now is hot after, such as forced reset triggers, which is being litigated, but they went around trying to confiscate them, and we're back and forth in the courts on that. And if you're talking about that stuff, well, that's a whole other world of potential problems. But your normal gunsmithing, make-my-trigger-great type deal, nothing to worry about. It's not criminal. It's not civil. Hey, I have another letter here. And this letter is also from George, but it's a different George. But it's still a George. And George says, Hi, Evan. I hope you're doing well. And I'm going to apply for my New Jersey CCW soon. 
and I plan on qualifying with my two handguns. One is a SIG P226, and the other an S&W M&P Shield Compact. Both do not have safeties. I have two quick questions. Do you see any legal issues or otherwise with using guns without a safety for qualifying or carrying? My shield is less than 10 rounds. Do you see any issues with getting and carrying extended 10-round mags for this? Thanks for your time. Okay, let's carefully look at these questions. Number one, well, I'm glad he's going to get his carry, and every law-abiding citizen should. But he's looking to qualify with two handguns. There's no need to qualify with two handguns. The way it works in Jersey now, you qualify with one handgun, and with that one handgun you qualify, you then fill out the other form, the other sheet, and just list any other gun that you intend to carry. It doesn't matter what gun you qualify with, as long as you qualify by demonstrating and proving the core competency of the new training requirements. It doesn't matter anymore what gun you used. You could qualify with a Ruger Mark IV 22 target pistol, and then on your list you could carry a Smith & Wesson 500 Magnum if you wanted to. It's not a problem. So just qualify with one gun, and then feel free to put the guns that you wish to carry on the other form, and then you carry them. Because it's not a matter of qualifying for that specific gun. Now, if you personally want to be trained and qualified on each specific gun you have, by all means, do it. You can pursue plenty of extra training. It's always good to get training. But it's not required for you to get your carry permit that you have a separate qualification for each gun. Now, as far as seeing any legal issues for guns without a safety, no. First of all, what are we talking about? You mean a manual safety? Well, revolvers, for the most part, don't have manual safeties. We've been using them for you know, 100 years. Um, Glocks, one of the most popular handguns in all of America, they don't have manual safeties. Now, they have safeties, however. They have drop safeties and other safeties that are internal that make the gun safe. But as far as a manual safety, it's not required. And as you should know, the real safety device on any gun, the premier safety device, is what's between your two ears, folks. And that's what you have to always remember. Every gun is loaded. Remember the rules of safety. Treat them all in that manner. Every gun is legal. You need to have the trigger discipline. You need to always have that respect. And manual safeties are not mandatory. But if you feel that you would like a gun with a manual safety, if that's something that appeals to you, by all means, have a manual safety. But it's not of criminal law concern in any way, whether you have a manual safety at all. Now, as far as magazines, New Jersey prohibits any mag over 10 rounds. So if the gun holds up to 10 rounds, you're fine. Now, this question about carrying extended 10-round mags, I guess you mean because the shield has less than 10, but if you had an extended mag that held up to 10, would that be okay? And the answer is sure, because the magazine still does not hold over 10. So you can have any size subcompact gun, you know, super small, but if the mag sticks out, but it only holds 10, you're okay. 
But if you're talking about extending a 10 round beyond 10, then you're not okay. Because you can't have a mag that holds over 10. So you can have 10 rounds in the mag and one up the spout. So you can have a total of 11 rounds legally in New Jersey with your carry gun. And as long as that's what it is, it doesn't matter whether the magazine itself was extended to hold 10 rounds or whether it came factory as 10. What you never want to have until we win the lawsuit is a magazine over 10 rounds because then you could face a criminal charge of possession of a large capacity magazine which carries up to a year and a half in state's prison and you get disenfranchised of your gun rights because you're now a convicted felon and then you can't have any guns nor carry any guns because you had the nerve to have a mag that held more than 10 rounds that makes so much sense doesn't it and that's of course why as i say gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals they protect criminals from honest Citizen. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.